2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to be reading, actually, uh, out of two different translations this verse. I'm going to read out of the King James Version, the good old uh, King James. And then I'm going to go uh, fast forward all the way to modern day and read out of the, the message paraphrase of the Bible. Because I think it helps us really get at what the Lord is saying this morning. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, one verse. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. I quoted this verse a couple of weeks ago in a sermon. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Look at how the message puts it. It is no light thing to know that we will all one day stand in a place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we do this, but I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. It is no light thing that we'll all one day stand in that place of judgment. He's not just talking to sinners. He's talking to Christians. We will stand in a place of judgment. And that's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that all of us will one day stand before you. And I'm so thankful that I know that most of the people in the room, we can stand before you and claim the blood of Jesus that has washed away and forgiven our sins and secured our eternity. But Lord, we will also have to answer for what we did with the gospel. We will be judged on whether we truly took the message with us wherever we went. Lord, that is no light thing. So God, would your word inspire us this morning to do everything we can to persuade men, to do everything we can to be sure that everyone we meet is ready to face you. That's the word this morning, God, and we need your power, your love, your mercy, and your grace to flow through us so that we can be effective witnesses for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I can look around the room this morning and know most of you pretty well, and I know that you know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most of the people in the room today, you know the basics of the Bible. You know the story, and you placed your faith in the man named Jesus who died on a cross for you. You know the bitter reality of your own sin, and you know the sweetness of his amazing grace. You know what it's like to be lost, and you know what it's like to be found again. You know that apart from Christ, that we are all sinners, that we are imperfect, we are fallen, we are depraved, that apart from grace, we all have hell as our destiny. But you know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know that he bore scars on his back and a crown of thorns on his head. He carried a cross up a hill and allowed nails to be driven through his hands and his feet, and every swing of the hammer and every crack of the whip represented Christ, God in the flesh, absorbing your and my sin, taking sin on himself and removing it and cleansing us from sin. 
You know that his final words on the cross were, it is finished. And he hung his head and died to save a wretch like you and me. And you know that on the third day that death could not hold him, that that dead body lying in a tomb was miraculously resurrected, providing or proving that sin and death could never get the victory over God, the author of life, proving that his resurrection defeated the grave defeated the wicked slave master called sin, defeated sickness and disease, that when he rolled away the stone of that tomb, he rolled away the weight of sin that would carry us to hell. He rolled away depression. He rolled away fear. He rolled away addiction. He rolled away sickness in Jesus' name. He rose in victory and offered to share that victory with you and me. You know the story. And you know that when he came to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, don't hold on to me. Don't cling to me because I'm sending you. You have a job to do. You have a story to tell, a story to take to the whole world. Go and tell the world that the Messiah was dead but is now alive. Go and tell the world that I've defeated death, hell, and the grave. Go and tell the world that there is salvation and forgiveness of sin in the resurrected Jesus. He told them, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them all that I've commanded you. The last words Jesus told his disciples were to go. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit and change the world with the good news that God has come down from heaven to meet us, and he has suffered on a cross for us, and he has been resurrected from the dead for us, and he has established his kingdom for us in this world. Go and tell the world this story, that the life as we know it has been transformed and changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the call to go and to spread the gospel has never been more valid than it is today. It is still the assignment that every born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing believer has been given to take the gospel to the world. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we do everything we can to persuade men and women of their need for Jesus. We do everything we can to get everyone we meet ready to meet the God of the universe. The problem is, though the thrust of the New Testament message is to go, most Christians I know elect to stay. Stay in the church pew. Stay in your comfort zone. Stay satisfied with your own eternity secured. Stay hindered by your own prison of preferences and conveniences. And by not going, we're, by choosing to stay comfortable, we are silently placing our seal of approval on the status quo of the world around us. We are revealing our own selfishness when we say, I've got my eternity sorted out to hell, literally, with the world. Dare I say, as a follower of Jesus, who's not a follower of Jesus, who is not actively seeking to recruit more follower of Jesus, is actually not a follower of Jesus, but an imposter, a phony, a religious hypocrite, among those that the Lord may say at the end of the age, depart from me, I never knew you. He said, I'll know you, they'll know you by your fruit. Come on, church, let's let let that ever be said about us. Believers' fellowship. Let's not just be the 
frozen chosen sitting on comfortable chairs with our good music and patty cake preaching there is no room in the gospel there's no room in the kingdom for passive consumeristic christians if you are just consuming as a christian you're taking up a seat that i need for someone that actually is going to serve jesus going to be a rough one Citizenship in his kingdom means you have been drafted into his service. It means that you have been called to take territory for his name's sake. You have called, been called to special ops missions to snatch people out of the fiery grips of sin and Satan and hell. There are no desk assignments. There are no emeritus statuses. There are no reserve corps or second stringers in the church. We are all frontline workers for the kingdom, called to build the kingdom, to build the church, to passionately pursue Christ and the expansion of his kingdom. We've been in a series now for six weeks called Let's Go. Let's go take the gospel to a dying and sinful world. And let me ask you a question. Some of you have sat in this room for the past six weeks. You've been faithful to attend. You've been faithful to take notes, to open your Bible and clap and sing at the right time and say amen at the right time. But have you gone? Have you found a way to share the gospel in the past six weeks with someone who hasn't? heard it, who doesn't know it. Because Let's Go is not just a series. Please don't be as mis mistaken and think that this is just a cute little series and we're going to move on to the next topic next week and it's going to be over because Let's Go isn't a series. It is a calling. It is a lifestyle. It is a commandment. It is a requirement. Come on. And I want to take a few minutes to show you in the scripture the what ifs, the consequences of going or not going. The what ifs of taking the gospel to the world. The first question is this, what if we don't go? What if we don't go? What if we can sit through six weeks of a series about going and choose not to go? What happens? Number one, people will go to hell. I shared last week and I said, you know, sometimes we make it too much about heaven or hell. And I said that, you know, when you go out and preach and you share with people, tell people what Jesus can do for their right now. But we who know the Bible know the real consequences. Amen. So that can be how you can communicate the message. But this ought to motivate you to go share the message. People will go to hell. The Bible says that hell is a place of outer darkness. Jesus said it is a place of eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth of unending wrath and fury, utter darkness, no warmth, no light, no love, no goodness, no beauty. Jesus called it an eternal fiery furnace, an unquenchable fire. The Apostle Paul tells us that it is a place totally void of God's presence, completely separated from God's love, a place of eternal destruction. There is no rest from torment day and night forever and ever. You hear people talk about, we're going to go to hell and have a party when we get there. That is a sad reality. It is not a fun place. There will be no partying. It will be a place of regret. It will be a place of despair. It will be a place of absolutely no help, God, no, no hope. God is not, listen, in the business of sending people to this place. God has never and will never send someone to hell. 
Satan is in the business of dragging people to hell by deceiving us into thinking that the life of sin is better than a life of following Christ. God is in the business of saving people from hell, and he has chosen us, his church, as the vessels through which he will defeat hell and save souls. Hell was never a place intended for humans to go. It is a place where God has designed to arrest Satan, to overcome evil, and to forever trap death and suffering. It is a place God has designed for sin and evil to be forever incarcerated. And the only way human beings get there is when we choose, not God sending, but when we choose sin, Satan, and suffering instead of God, his grace, and his goodness. Satan's job is to deceive us ever since Eve in the garden, to deceive us in believing that hell is a better destination than heaven, that sin is a better option than grace. God doesn't send people to hell. He saves people from hell. And he has called us to be the rescue mission. And If we don't go, people will go to hell. We can sit on our comfortable chairs in our air-conditioned building and have our good music and a world around us. Your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, children that don't have parents to tell them any better or any different. Getting ready to launch a Wednesday night to bring in kids from our community. Maybe God's calling you to go to church on a Wednesday night and help some kids hear about Jesus. You have the option to stay home and hinder our ability to do the best ministry we can here, or you have the option to get up and get out of your comfort zone, even if you don't like kids, you think they smell, but you say, you know what, they smell, but they deserve heaven. And they deserve a witness of the gospel in their life. If we don't do everything we can to persuade men of God and his goodness, the stakes are high and the cost is unacceptable. People will go to hell on our watch. It ought to keep us up at night that one day there might be someone in hell that's thinking, why didn't Seth tell me about Jesus? Not only will people go to hell one day, but people will continue suffering in a living hell on earth if we don't go. Like I said last week, Christianity isn't just about heaven or hell one day. Christianity is a life with Jesus that can transform your today. And if we don't go, people around us will continue hobbling through life, suffering with sin and sickness and demonic oppression and spiritual death and defeat. There are people in our own communities living next door and across the street 
living down the road and across the sea, people all over this world that can't even fathom a future of heaven or hell because they're already living a hell on earth existence, suffering real pain, victims of real injustice, crippled by addiction, mental illness, systemic racism, emotional trauma, people suffering under oppressive systems, orphans without a home, elderly without proper care, addicts looking for their next fix, not knowing that there's a way to freedom and a new life. But we have been given a task to take hope to a hurting world. And if we don't go, we will be hoarding hope for ourselves while the world around us drowns in a sea of despair. We have the ability, we have the answer to the world's suffering. We have the key to unlock the chains that are holding people down in life. And if we don't go, people trapped in poverty will never know that he's a generous provider. And if we don't go, the orphan will never know that he's a father to the fatherless. And if we don't go, the sick will never know that he is a master physician. And if we don't go, the addict will never know that he is a marvelous deliverer. And if we don't go, the depressed will never know that he is the source of all joy and all peace. And the powerless will never know that he gives strength to the weak. If we don't go, we will stand on our island of religiosity while the rest of the world continues to go on suffering around us. We have the ability to alleviate suffering. We have the ability to snatch people out of their living hell on earth and give them a new lease on life. And if we don't go, people will continue to suffer. What if we don't go? The Bible says that God will hold us accountable if we don't go. In the Old Testament, God told the prophet Ezekiel to go and warn people about the consequences of their sin, to tell them that God would forgive them and repent if they would turn toward him. Look at what God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 3. He commissions Ezekiel to go and tell people the word of God. And God says, whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked of his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity. Watch this but his blood I will require at your hand. If I say to the wicked, I'm going to read it again because I want you to, I want this to be seared into our brains. If I say to the wicked, you will surely die and you give him no warning. In other words, you've received the word, but you haven't shared the word. You give no warning. You, you, speak to, you don't speak to this person. You don't seek to save his life. That wicked person will die for their sin. But their blood I will require at your hand. In other words, the blood of a generation will be on your hands if you have heard the word, but you don't go and share the word. Verse 19, but if you warn the wicked and he doesn't turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he'll die from his sin, but you will have delivered your soul. He says, I'm giving you a word. I'm giving you a message to take to people who don't know me. And if I give you that word and you don't go and speak that word to the people, if they die in their sin, their blood will be on your hands. I will hold you accountable. But notice what he says. If you go and you warn them and they don't listen, then the responsibility's on them. It's not up to you to determine how they respond. It's up to you to go. 
If we receive this word for ourselves, but we don't share it with others, if they die and go to hell, listen, let's put it in, in layman's terms. It will be our fault. If they continue to live through hell on earth, suffering and addiction and crippling poverty and, and fear and anxiety, it will be our fault because we didn't go. We had the word, but we didn't speak it. But if we do speak the word, if we do go and carry the message of Jesus to everyone we come into contact with, we give them a chance to see their lives radically transformed and their eternity secured. I don't want to stand in a place before God one day knowing that I have an eternity in heaven waiting for me, but also knowing that there's someone who won't make it but might could have if it had only been willing to get out of my comfort zone and share the love of Jesus with them. Sobering thought, what if we don't go? The other what if, though, is what if we do go? What if we actually obeyed God? What if we actually said, you know what, I'm going to take his word seriously. What if we do go? Look at, look at Ezekiel 34. This is after God has called Ezekiel and given him a message to speak, and he's saying this will be the result of when you go and share the word with the people. Ezekiel 34. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will send down showers of blessing in their season. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in the land. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those that have enslaved them. They shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations so that they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord, and you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. What if we do go? God says, if you do go and people turn toward me, I will completely transform their life and their eternity. He says, I will break the bars of the yoke of addiction on their life. I will secure their safety for eternity. I will send down showers of blessing on your land. Listen, we're talking about all the issues that are going on in our nation and our land. I believe that part of the reason we're seeing some of the problems we've seen is because the church has been asleep and has not been doing what we've been called to do and it, the result has been there have been curses on the land. But if we would just go, God says he'll shower down blessings on us. What if we go? People will go to heaven. If we go, it's that simple. People will go to heaven. If we go, it, we will populate the golden streets of glory. The streets of heaven will be crowded. Loved ones will be there. 
Friends will be there. The table at the marriage supper will be full. The golden streets will be crowded. It's going to be a glorious day one day when you can stand before God and say, God, I did everything I could to bring as many people as I could. When I stand at the gate, when I stand before God, I want there to be a line a mile long behind me of people who said, I heard the message from him. And I, I'm here because someone shared the good news with me. In fact, that's what the judgment should be when you and I stand before Jesus. It should be, look at everything I brought with me when I've come. And it's not riches, and it's not, it's not wealth, and it's, it's not material items. It's, look at all the people I have brought with me, Lord, because I heard how good you were, and I wanted other people to know how good you were. And I saw people suffering, and I knew that you were the solution to their suffering. So I went, and I grabbed as many people as I could. I had to drag a few people. I had to give a piggyback ride to a few people. But I got them here, God, because I know that they needed you. People will go to heaven if we would just go. People go to heaven. Communities will be transformed. Look at Ezekiel's prophecy again. There will be peace in the land. There will be security in the land. Poverty and hunger eliminated. Suffering will be alleviated. Addictions will be broken. I heard a statistic. I don't know if this, I, I haven't researched it myself, but it said that if every evangelical Christian in America would just tithe, we could take care of the health care problem in this country. The church could provide healing and health to the entire nation if every believer would just do their part. Think of the hungry children that could be fed. What if every evangelical home in the United States became a foster home and said, I'm going to provide a home for a child who doesn't have a home, doesn't have a place to go, and they're raised up in a home that, that loves Jesus and, and has the ministry of the Holy Spirit and shares the gospel. What if we did that? Communities will be transformed. What if we go? God will bless our obedience. God said, if you go, if you do tell them, Ezekiel, if they don't listen, your soul will be delivered because you did what I called you to do. There is a hint here. And I don't want to step out into error biblically, but I think the Bible is suggesting here that the eternity of your soul depends on your ability to go and share the grace and the gospel that you've received. I think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, forgive others lest you be forgiven. That you've received forgiveness from God and so go and take the forgiveness of God to the world around you. And if you're only willing to receive that forgiveness for yourself, but you're not willing to see other sinners receive that same forgiveness, then the Bible is hinting at that you might not really be right with the Lord. That if it's only about you, then you've missed the point. That it's bigger than you. Joey, you didn't get saved just for you. You got saved because you got three girls at home that need to know the gospel. You didn't get saved just for you. You got saved because there's people that are going to hear you sing about Jesus, and they're going to get saved. 
It's not just about my salvation. It's about the ones that I'm going to bring in line with me. Brittany, you didn't get saved just for you. You got a whole school campus. It's a mission field. I know there's rules. I don't care about the rules. Tell people about Jesus. There's kids that need to know just a hug from the librarian and saying, I love you and God loves you can make a difference. James, you didn't get saved just for you. God didn't heal you of how many brain tumors just for you. You got saved because there's people driving down this highway that are going to need to hear about Jesus. It's not just about us. And when we do it, when we go, and we obey God, and the call that he has placed on your life, and listen, if you've been saved, you've got a call. You have a call to be a witness for Jesus. And if you obey God as witness for Jesus, he will bless your obedience. But listen, the opposite is true. God never blesses disobedience. Can I even suggest this to you? If you're a Christian, but you just seem like things haven't been working out for a long time, that you just seem to keep hitting the same wall, that you just seem to keep dealing with the same problem over and over and over again, can I just ask you to maybe examine, is there something in your life that God has been calling you to do, but you haven't done it, and so God's holding you back until you decide to obey? That he is holding back, there's blessings in his hands he wants to give to you, but the blessing is on the other side of your yes, on the other side of your willingness to go. He never blesses disobedience, but he always blesses obedience. He said, I will send down showers of blessing on you. I will send down showers of blessing on you. Provision. Healing, relationships, restoration. I will, I will restore what the enemy has taken from you if you would just go. Listen, to not share the gospel is to disobey the most basic teachings of Jesus Christ. And disobedience will disqualify you from God's blessings. But if we go, people will go to heaven. Loved ones will go to heaven. Friends will go to heaven. Our communities will be transformed. Addiction can be defeated. Poverty can be defeated. A community can be lifted up. But listen, this community will never go further than this church. The spiritual atmosphere of this community around us will never go further than our willingness to go and obey. We must go. We have to go. Today's my last sermon in the series, but listen, it can't be the last time we say let's go. Let's go take the gospel of Jesus Christ 